You're listening to Once, episode 178, Into the Woods Movie Review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And this episode is made possible in part by lynda.com slash once. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit. We got to see the movie Into the Woods. Now, don't worry, we're not going to spoil it for you yet. The first <laughs> portion of this discussion will be spoiler free. We'll let you know before we talk spoilers. We'll let you know before we spoil you. But... In general, there was some spoiling going on in the movie. In general, what did you think of Into the Woods? I would watch it again. Really? I would. Now, I'm the perspective, I wouldn't watch it again. Oh. It was a fun movie. If you're not familiar, we have not seen the musical. We're approaching this from the perspective of seeing the movie, being familiar with the fairy tales, of course, because of Once Upon a Time, the TV show. We're familiar with Disney's take and also some of the actual traditional takes on these fairy tales, the actual traditional version, rather, of these fairy Mm -hmm. tales. So we've approached it from that perspective. I've heard it's very true to the musical. Yeah, if you're you're an Into the Woods buff, then uh, some of what we say may be obvious. (laughs) You may disagree. I don't know. We're just coming to the story and the movie fresh. It's definitely a musical. Like, to the level of Les Mis, where almost (laughs) everything in the movie is set to music. Mm -hmm. In fact, just the intro song lasts for 15 minutes, and it's basically the same thing over and over and over. It's kind of a medley, to some degree, of some of the main themes of the music from the show. But, at the same time, it wasn't my favorite part of the music, and it was the longest. Yeah. And not being familiar with the show, we both we had the same thought, we found out later. We were both afraid that it was never going to end. Like like it was just going to be a continuous song or you know, no dialogue at all. Right. There is dialogue, so don't worry about that. We'll discuss some more in detail uh, after we finish talking spoiler free. But let me give you a sample of how it starts out and the kind of feel, the voices, the music that you hear from this. Once upon a time, in a far-off kingdom, there lay a small village at the edge of the woods. Get used to these chords. In this village, more than anything, lived a young maiden, more than life, more than jewels, a carefree young lad, I wish, more than life, and a childless baker, I wish with his wife more than anything more than the moon I, I wish the king is giving a festival more than life I wish I wish to go to the So we meet several characters in this and they're basic fairy tale characters that we're familiar with different stories different tales Cinderella Jack and the Beanstalk several others too and some of them stay actually surprisingly close to the original fairy tale telling in some of the details. Right. And I'll mention what those details are after we talk spoilers. Uh, But yet what's really cool, uh, what I really liked about this movie is kind of like with Once Upon a Time, 
how they wove all the stories in together and the characters end up interacting with each other and their stories are connected to each other. And that's what I really liked about this. Right. And production-wise, though, as we said, we're not familiar with the show as a live performance, I did, in looking to hear some of the soundtrack again, find an older recording, I think much older, with Bernadette Peters and some others. And I listened to the prologue, and honestly, their voices don't differentiate from each other as much as Hmm. the cast in this movie. Wow. It added some appreciation for me. I mean, I appreciated it anyway. I think the performances were very good musically. Yeah, and the casting was great. Right. And this isn't, if you're thinking musical like the old days where you would hear people talking and then you could tell they started the tape with the recording and then people start doing lip sync. You don't get that with this. This <laughs> That's is true. It feels like it's just one long, seamless thing going on, even though it is basically lip syncing to a soundtrack during a lot of the movie. Well, it has to be. To some degree. And there are certain moral issues that are brought up in this that... <laughs> True. And I I uh, get the impression that the original production probably has a bit more right. than what this movie has. There was the original. There was a more PG version that is usually performed by younger casts. And I think this definitely tends more toward... Well, it was rated PG. <laughs> so right. it definitely tends more toward the PG. It was very Disneyified. In a yes, good way. In a good way. Sometimes some of us appreciate that. The soundtrack is great. I think that the composers for this, as they adapted the actual musical for film, did a great job and really kept the energy going. And there were, I felt, several places where I just wanted the song to be over. Like, I just felt like, okay, come on, we get it, you wish. And something about Into the Woods, yes, we get it, let's move on, please. Uh, I think that I wouldn't feel as much that way on the second viewing, because I understand the movie now. Right, and I didn't go into this thinking it would be to the level of Les Mis, where it's constant music. So you thought more like Frozen. Yeah, I was thinking more like a Disney cartoon where there are songs in it the characters will have some kind of monologue or something and it will be set to music or there will be certain interactions all musical but i didn't expect it to be constant music if i went into this expecting that i think my perspective would have been different i think i was expecting the same but if the first 15 minutes don't reset your expectations nothing will (laughs) (laughs) yeah now, speaking of Les Mis, it has the same boy, I believe it's the same little boy from Les Mis, who uh, was during the revolution point in a Les Mis movie. He's also in this movie, he plays as Jack. So if you liked him in Les Mis, you'll like him here in Into the Woods. The graphics, the detail in here was great. There are... Some unexpected comedic moments, Uh, especially when you start seeing a couple guys singing, just how over-the-top dramatic certain things start to get. (laughs) And there was was some laughter in the theater that I felt had to do with prior knowledge of the show. Oh, okay. A little bit. 
it was like they were laughing a little bit hard a little bit early on and it was like yeah it's funny but i feel like you just know where the song is going and uh-huh. seeing these actors do it yeah <laughs> you knew what was coming it's a great cast that they've got for it great cinematography great storytelling and plenty of surprises along the way like i did not know anything about the storyline really i just knew something about all of these fairy tale characters going to the woods mm-hmm. because they're told to or something like that <laughs> right. and they all have a wish for something i didn't expect it to go in the direction it did i didn't expect the ending and the ending disappointed me honestly i would agree i think it was a very on stage ending and i almost wish now i'm sure they probably would have taken flack for it from fans of the production but i feel like being a movie they could have perhaps added like an epilogue or something to to round it out a little bit and yeah. set a different tone for the final scene. But again, if they were trying to stay true to the original production, which I think they very much did in many ways from what I gather, then that probably would have been a no-no. Hmm. All right, before we get into talking spoilers, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, lynda.com. You can support the podcast here by going to lynda.com slash once that's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash o-n-c-e lynda.com is an amazing place where you can go to learn all kinds of things they have over three thousand courses actually more than 4500 courses a hundred thousand video tutorials and then some and you can watch and learn from top experts on all kinds of fields. Specifically, what you might be interested in is learning stuff about video production, audio production. What if you want to make your own movie or your own drama of some sort? You can learn that, either the filming and photography, cinematography perspective, or you could learn the video editing perspective and learn how to get in and make special effects and design cool things. It doesn't stop there. There is so much more you can learn from lynda.com slash once. And you get a free 10-day trial to try this out. Here's my challenge to you. In fact, we're coming up on the new year, and people like to set New Year's resolutions. Let's be honest, sometimes they often they break them. But here's something that you can keep very easily. Learn something new. That's my challenge to you. And use lynda.com slash once in order to learn something new. It could be tech-related, it could be business-related, marketing, artistic, all kinds of things that you can learn over there at lynda.com slash once. Set a challenge for yourself to learn something new in 2015 by going to lynda.com slash once. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash once. And thank you, lynda.com, for your support. Now, let's get into talking about spoilers. So I'm going to give you another little preview here. If you don't want to hear this, this does start to get a little spoilery, but then we're going to be full on spoilers. Everything will be opened up. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, go ahead and stop listening to the podcast now. Come back and join us after you watched Into the Woods, or if you don't mind being spoiled, then keep on listening. You have been warned. (laughs) So the way it starts out is this basic premise here from an evil witch who lives next door to the baker <laughs> and his wife. And she gives us this explanation and introduction to the whole plot of all of this. You wish to have the curse reversed? I'll need a certain potion first. Go to the wood 
and bring me back one, the cow as white as milk, two, the cape as red as blood, three, the hair as yellow as corn, four, the slipper as pure as gold. Bring me these before the chime of midnight. In three days' time, tis then the blue moon reappears, which comes but once each hundred years. Bring them, and I guarantee a child as perfect as child can be. Go to the wood! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Once Upon a Time fans will be familiar with the poofing, but it's usually not quite so violent. Right. And they make some fun out of how violent her poofing in and out of places can be. (laughs) So there's the basic premise is this baker and his wife can't have a child. So they need to get these things to get this curse reversed. And you probably recognized those different things because they're icons of all of these other stories. The golden slipper from Cinderella. Except yeah, most stink of glass. Yeah, that's Disney's version right. of it. They went more traditional here, so it's golden slipper. And then the cow, white as milk, is Jack, the cow that he sells for the magic beans. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting those. And on and on like that with all of these other things, hair gold as or yellow as corn, they thought was from Rapunzel. So we've got Rapunzel, Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, Little Red Riding Hood, The Big Bad Wolf, Granny, Baker and His <laughs> Wife, uh, This Witch. We've got Prince Charming, or a couple Prince Charmings and their brothers. So we've got all of these characters together. And the way that they weave the story in like this is what I really liked. How we see them just meeting each other. And... In the woods. Yeah, in the woods. <laughs> and strange things happen in the woods. Some strange things morally i mean not like corruptible horrible stuff so speaking of strange can we talk about the wolf yeah played (laughs) by johnny depp not in a whole lot of the movie no for being johnny depp yeah which is funny and fine um (laughs) but that wolf was creepy now most of the whole first act was very light-hearted relatively speaking but he was super creepy Mm -hmm. like in a in an i'm kind of uncomfortable with that moment a couple of times way right because he's talking about eating little red riding hood and he her granny. is but he was acting a couple of the poses and a couple of the things he said i was like that's sort of seductive ish yeah, and just weird. in a creepy way which is well and we i think we discussed this a couple of years ago on this podcast in reference to red riding hood when we were first meeting red Hmm. some of the the original story was written sort of as a moral allegory right and kind of a yeah with kind of a (laughs) a harsh consequence and and tone but it um it it had a little bit of that as an undercurrent i think here but yet putting aside all logic and actual (laughs) physics right they did keep it true to the story and the well it wasn't a hunter it was the baker who cut out Right. Granny and Little Red Riding Hood. So they actually did that. And also true to the story, the original Cinderella story, if you didn't know this, is 
when the prince had this shoe, he took it around to different places to see if the <laughs> no. shoe fits. Yes. And he takes it to Cinderella's family and her stepsister's feet don't fit. Mm-hmm. And this is in the actual story. Yes. The original story is that the stepmother cut off the toe of one of the daughters. <laughs> but then there's this thing like one of the birds says, can't you see there's blood on her shoe or something like that? And so the prince takes her back and then the other daughter, her heel doesn't fit in. So the stepmother cuts off her heel and blood again on the shoe and all of that. And then Cinderella comes and has to put her foot in this bloody shoe. Right. That's what I was thinking. But I have a question about this whole thing. In the original story, did the prince himself take the shoe around? I don't remember. I don't think so. Because, see, that would make more sense. And they, he definitely, I think definitely... That's not definite. Did not in the animated version that I grew up with, which makes so much more sense because when you've basically fallen in love with someone, do you really like as long as the shoe fits? Is that where we get that phrase? Oh, yeah. If the shoe fits. Like if the shoe fits, really, does that necessarily have to be that person? I mean, he's sitting there with... This person that looks nothing like the woman he fell in love with on the back of his horse just because her foot went painfully into the shoe. But when he met the actual woman, yes. he said, I knew it. Should have known it from your eyes. Yeah. Which I was I was like, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that people can recognize faces and not just shoe sizes. <laughs> yeah, this prince, there are two Prince Charmings, they're brothers. Not both Prince Charmings, but one prince goes toward rapunzel and the other that they were brothers somehow goes to cinderella yeah they were both princes of the same kingdom and that's why they had this hilarious over dramatic dancing and singing <laughs> portion and it involves like ripping their shirts open and <laughs> ridiculously singing but it was a lot of fun it was really funny and i think they made it that way it's just mm-hmm. over the top dramatic it's great for this thing because you realize, yeah, here are these two princes who love someone they lost or love someone that they can't get. <laughs> uh, even just because of a lack of climbing ability. Yeah. yeah. And Rapunzel with her long hair. And the really cool twists, though, that they take. So a lot of the original stories are kept in cool details. A lot of those certain details kept. But some of the cool twists that they took like Rapunzel. Yeah. She is the baker's sister that the right. witch kept. Yeah. But I was a little frustrated by that because the baker finds out early on that he has a sister that the witch took. And he apparently, at least in the context of the story, never meets her. Yeah. Never finds out who she is. Even after they were running around the woods with her hair around their necks. He never knows. It's weird. Yeah. He fed his sister's hair to a horse. He didn't know it was his sister. (laughs) I wanted some resolution on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a little sickly. It looked kind of skinny like a horse. What's weird with this, one of the other twists that they take is that Jack didn't just go up and down the beanstalk, just a single beanstalk and steal things. Because the, the original story is that he kept going up and down and stealing things. Hmm. And eventually the giant started to come down. Like and vermin he was. That's what happens <laughs> here. But then another beanstalk grows up and then a wife giant comes down 
probably seemingly seeking revenge for her husband's death. And then she's made out to be the bad guy, which is kind of not true because Jack is the one who stole. Well, and Jack did kill her husband by cutting down the vine when the husband was climbing down. He did that, but she was destroying an entire kingdom. Yeah, there is that. And if they were able to recognize that she was a person, she could have recognized that they were people too. And she wanted to kill a child who's not even the size of her own people's children. And that's what I thought was going to happen, some kind of reconciliation at the end, because they said at one point, she looks tired. Well, that's because we've been watching Once Upon a Time for years. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking maybe they would realize, oh, she's a person too. A person's a person, no matter how big. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. I liked that they recognized it. Honestly, it was a little refreshing for them to recognize she's a person, but you got to do what you got to do. Well, She's kind of declared war a little bit. Did they really have to do that? It's it's kind of a gray uh, thing. Yeah. A lot of this was gray. Well, they were protecting a lot of people. Yeah. She could have just gone back up to Beanstalk. She could have stayed. She didn't have to be walking around destroying things and killing people and trying to kill a child as revenge. We actually don't know that she was actually trying to kill the child. That's the thing. What we just she know gonna, she wanted him. She wanted to raise him. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a fee-fi-fo-fum, but we never heard that. Yeah. We got the harp <laughs> that plays by itself, but no fee-fi-fo-fum. I really loved the song where they tried to figure out whose fault everything was and basically recounted the story and all the connections and how everything had happened from all the different perspectives. Yeah. Very intricate. Everything's connected. That, we see that in Once Upon a Time, and we certainly see that here with Into the Woods as well. Now, speaking of the giant, everything before the giant was kind of act one. Yeah. And it was very, you know, it was a little bit zany and it kind of ended with the happy ending like fairy tales do. And then act two. And and by the way, all of act one is musical or nearly all of it. There's very little just plain dialogue. True. So basically all of act one has music. Right. And it was interesting because it almost felt over. Mm-hmm. I knew how long it was, and I knew it hadn't been quite long enough, but I had lost track of time a little bit and didn't know how much was left. And so Act 2 starts kind of right there where they look like they're getting the happy endings. And it's almost like Act 1 was fairy tale, and Act 2 was sort of, now here's real life. Yeah, true. Everything got far darker, and I feel like... In a sense, there were no confirmed happy endings at all. Yeah. It, it was almost too much. <laughs> well, the baker got a baby, lost his wife, though. Yeah. And it was almost like they were putting together sort of a new little family. Right. But of course, it would have been far too quick for them to decide that they were a family. Well, they were putting together a family. The kids were going to come and stay. Right. With, stay and, and yeah. With <laughs> Yeah, I think the reason it ended up being so almost depressing was kind of where it ended. Just sort of Mm -hmm. that last scene, they were just sort of still in the destroyed woods. I thought it would have been cool if they left the woods. Well, it goes a lot back to the marketing for this was a lot of be careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. 
And that's very true in this. They all had some kind of wish. They saw their wish fulfilled, but a very common once upon a time theme is all of their wishes had a price Mm -hmm. or the wish was fulfilled temporarily. Like Cinderella's prince ended up being a guy that just seduces any woman he meets pretty much, (laughs) including the baker's wife. Yeah. And, you know, I could appreciate how she kind of fought against it. And she kept going back to her covenant that she was married and this shouldn't be happening. And then she started to kind of waver after the prince was gone. That's when it started to get a little bit uh, not so nice, where it was kind of like she was longing for it again or saying that it was exciting and could it happen again sort of thing. And then she died. Right. Yeah, I liked some of what was in there. I liked some of how she kind of wrestles with the whole thing. Like, how did that even happen? What even happened? I don't, you know, that was that was interesting. And then deciding that it would make her appreciate what she has more. I liked that. But you're right. She did, to me, seem a little too happy that it happened. Right. Like, not only can I glean good from this, but eh, it kind of makes life more interesting. Yeah, and there are some dangerous ideas in there that I'm not going to say Disney is trying to push these ideas and they have this no, major No, I mean, agenda. it was, you know, it's a part of the story that they told and they toned it down. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know what the original production is like, but I imagine this would probably be one area that they toned down and made family friendly. Yeah. So the baker got his son, a child, mm-hmm. lost his wife. <laughs> Cinderella got to go to All the... thanks to a shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as far as Cinderella knows. <laughs> Cinderella got to go to this festival or the ball, meet the prince, dance with him, was going to marry him, but then discovered he seduces everybody, basically. And so she's no longer with him. They had a very mature breakup. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Rapunzel ends up losing her relationship with her fake mother, which was the witch who was keeping her locked up in this tower. But then she gets to go off with her prince. She might be the only one with a mostly, I mean, a seemingly more lasting happy ending than the others. In a way. I Mm -hmm. mean, everybody lost something in order to gain something. And there's even a song about how in the woods, you're different and we're different, we're more adventurous, we're more fun, and that kind of thing. And I think that ties in with how in life, sometimes it takes a certain experience for us to realize who we really are, or who we could be, or some kind of experience that changes us all for the better. And sometimes that's a really rough experience that is where I think some of the idea comes of, you know, I'm not through the woods yet. I'm still in the woods of this. And I don't say it's coming from this play or the musical, but it is kind of symbolic of that for us. Mm-hmm. The happy endings certainly weren't what you'd expect. And that is what left me at the end of the movie just thinking, oh, that's kind of a letdown. Yeah. If you like musicals, though, great. Yeah. And I think. Whenever you're watching a musical in movie form or live, I mean, half the deal is that it's a concert of sorts. You're there really for the music, at least half the reason. Right. 
And, of course, you can listen to the soundtrack. Now, if you listen to the soundtrack before you go see the movie, obviously you're going to be thoroughly spoiled when most of the story is in the music. Uh, But really, I mean, my musical experience is very limited. Wicked is really the only thing I've been to see. And I know that what happens is you go and you see it and you like the story to more or less degree. But then if you become familiar with the music later... You start to like the music more and more, having been to see it as part of this experience. And then as you're familiar with the music, when you see a production, you appreciate it more because you're already familiar with the music. And you appreciate how this actor or this actress performs this particular song. I felt like some of the music was a bit overdone, where it was the same thing over and over and over, like the intro prologue or whatever you want to call it. 15 minutes of basically the same thing. And then they reuse that kind of <laughs> lyric or that musical pattern. That is musical yeah. style. So for favorite songs from this, like think about what your favorite song is. My favorite song, I think, would probably be the one that most people might be familiar with from Into the Woods. Stay With Me. I think, well, when it actually gets into the melodic part with Meryl Streep, that was my favorite part, where she's singing this beautiful song. I never knew what that song signified. <laughs> right. That she's basically saying, stay here with me. Don't leave. Don't leave this tower that I've locked you in for your entire life. Right. But what was your favorite song from this? Hmm, my favorite song. That had to be, that was probably one of my favorites as well. I'm going to have to listen to the soundtrack again to really know what my favorites turn out to be. What happens to me now is I keep getting the Into the Woods line from the prologue stuck in my head, but none of the lines that follow it. Yeah. So I can't keep singing it. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that a theme reoccurs throughout the musical, typically. But you're right, to me, and I suppose at this point we're critiquing the original production more than the movie the prologue gets a bit monotonous after a while. Even though it's at least two songs, once I'm more familiar with the soundtrack, I'll probably be able to pick out more, honestly, because it's sort of like the overture. Yeah, and a bit of what they did is they wove in each of the individual characters' melodies into that prologue song. Mm. So you get to hear a bit of that, and then those melodies are reused throughout the piece. So go into this expecting a musical you probably are at this point (laughs) yeah all we knew was fairy tales by the way if you want to get the soundtrack please go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 178 and we'll have a link there to the soundtrack and when the movie is eventually available on blu-ray and dvd you'll be able to order it or pre-order it there from that same site oncepodcast.com slash 178 By the way, I want to thank some people who have made this episode of the podcast possible. David Newland, Marianne Lavati, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, and our 13 Patreon backers. Thank you very much. We could not do this podcast without your help. We really appreciate it. If you want to be a sponsor of the podcast as well, you can donate any amount, one time, automatic monthly, which is what helps us the best, or a per episode donation through Patreon. Please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. That's also where you can go to see our Amazon.com affiliate links, where you can just do your normal shopping on Amazon after you click on our link first. And then when you make your purchase, a percentage of that 
comes back to us and it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's a great way to support the podcast and get some cool stuff that you want to. That's all over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. We'd love to hear from you what you think of Into the Woods if you go see it and what your impressions are. So please comment on the show notes for this episode over at oncepodcast.com slash 178. Be sure to check out lynda.com slash once to take up that challenge and learn something new in 2015. Follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. Until next time, remember, have a happy ever after. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then go over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor, and please check out lynda.com slash once to learn something new in 2015. And thank you for your support.